Yo, his name is Robin. We have something in common. We three are his groupies and we're watching all his movies. It's full-time employment. His films are abundant. A gift to humanity. It is Robin Sanity. <laughs> My first day as a woman now. Getting hot flashes. We've seen him seize the day. Grow a mustache and act as gay. Jumanji he will play. Much to our dismay and hooky is crowing. Sally Field goes unknowing. Yeah, he's witty and he's giddy. He's Robin. Wow. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. This is the third week of our annual March Madness special where we do the deepest of dives into the work of a film genius. And this year is Robin Williams' work, which we have dubbed Robin Sanity. Um, Joining me, as always, is the sad talking dog, Jeremy Legui. And the manic bat in crisis, <laughs> Sonia Stanger. Hi, guys. So accurate. <laughs> um, uh, I think Sean, I'm getting a signal. Uh, <laughs> you changed That was channel. a beautiful rap, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm known for my rapping. Not for my Rap being legend. able to play the, the audio very well, but <laughs> listeners don't know it took me many tries to get that going. Um, so this is the episode that we're talking about Robin Williams voice work which was very fun week in uh, two of the three cases that we listened watched this week would you agree (laughs) I would agree I would also agree Um, okay let's start why don't we start with Fern Gully which is what that little tune, that little ditty that I did is from. Um, so Fern Gully is about uh, a bunch of fairies that live in the forest. They are, and they are trying to beat the forces of humanity uh, by, that are trying to destroy their forest. They meet a fun bat. Uh, a teen, a California teen also helps them. It's very fun and just like I love this movie. It's the queerness, the fairies, the magic, the environmental <laughs> um conservation. It's just a great it's a great cartoon. And not to mention the Tim Curry cuz oh, yeah. wow. Oh my god. Oh, Tim Curry does Every time. a major tune in the middle of this. Major. How how he did not get an album after after that, I'll never know. Yeah, maybe he said no. That's the only. That's the only outcome that I can even believe at this point. Truly. Also, how bummed do you think the people who made this movie are about the lack of progress we've made vis-a-vis environmentalism in the thirty years since it came out? I believe they are not very pumped about it. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, fadoof! This is. We did not learn. I'm so sorry. To we the makers didn't. of Fern and Gully. They <laughs> The the fern it ends with them being like, teach your children, and we're like yeah it no says thanks. like for our children and our children's children and I'm like, yikes not yikes. not all right what I'll let Rory watch film Ferngully tomorrow you guys I'll let her watch yeah it. come on Jer yeah I'll let yeah, her watch you it right can away. let her know the the film that your daddy almost went gay for pollution for. <laughs> <laughs> Also, can I just say, so Tim Curry plays, I don't know, an ancient demon who loves oil. Yeah. Yeah. Texas. And he sings Toxic Love, one of the most 
erotic, sensual songs about uh, fossil fuels that I've personally ever heard. I think so, yeah. But it also contains one of the all-time best lines of any song ever, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, filthy brown, acid rain, (laughs) slithers down (laughs) like chow mein. It is. It's not. The lyrics aren't quite there, but the the feeling is there for sure. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I think the descriptors work for me. You know, like I don't feel that it's crazy at all. I think it it's speaking to a part of me that I don't even understand, <laughs> and uh, I think that's okay. There's also so another what Tim is doing. There's another character in here, uh, voiced by Tone Loke, who is a. Yes. Also, perhaps queer sexual lizard that is trying, yeah. <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to eat a, uh, one of the characters. And he also has yeah. a little tune. Um, anyway, this movie's bonkers and I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's start. Let's get into the character of Batty, played by Robin let's. Williams, voiced by. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys give him for his characterization of Batty? Jerry, you want to go first? Jeffrey? Sure. I, I get, yeah, I gave him, I gave him an eight. Uh, Batty has a backstory that I really love. Mm. And that is like zany enough to exist, but also just crazy. And he's got like this kind of weird superpower hindrance with the, is that like, it's a probe antenna? Like what? I don't know. Yeah. It's just how like to describe. an antenna that picks up channels of some sort. Which were led to yeah, the allegedly, radio. allegedly <laughs> at the um, makeup company where he was yes. uh, undergoing animal testing, they were testing radio frequencies on bats. But we can't yeah. trust him because he said he was also vivisectified, which yes, in no way would have happened, <laughs> or else he would so be dead. Correct. So, uh, but then, and I think the biggest disappointment for me, they don't. Like, they can't get into it. There's Mm. no way that they can... Like, they're doing a ton already. They've made their statement. They can move on. He can be comic relief. Like, like, it's fine. So I gave him an 8. Just because I feel like like it might be scored higher, but it's a wasted opportunity for me. Yeah. Okay. They... they, He needed more time. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I gave a 9. Because, I mean, it's not really Robin's fault that... You know, right. that the, that there's not more to Batty, that he's just the chem- comic relief. But mm-hmm. he does a pretty, like, he does a pretty good job, I would say, conveying Batty's vulnerability and eccentricity <laughs> and <laughs> general madness. There's some ableist stuff with Batty, I'll be honest. They they say, yeah. they make some jokes about it. And I'm like, well, he underwent torture, so. But, um, but no, it's, he's very lovable. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I gave him an 11. Uh, wow. <laughs> I know. I think that Betty is a great character. Um, yeah. Daddy, you're right. He he is a small, he's a very, he's a side character, but he does mm-hmm. everything that a side character is supposed to do. He's manic. He's funny. Sure. He is paranoid. Sure. He's a softy. He uh, is very untrustworthy of the human. And then he learns to love him. We get a great moment of like, uh is he dead a bit of emotion is going to come in later anyway i i appreciate his uh his role the small mm-hmm. piece that he gave us mm-hmm. agree um what do you think about the voice that he did the voice work <laughs> jeremy uh i i i gave it a 10 
um, uh, you know, R- Robin Williams always sort of takes a particular amount of ownership. And I think that that's kind of what some of these have become to me. Uh, and like, I would say it's two thirds of the case here. I don't know. The rap is so good. <laughs> the rap and is the great. choice to, to have a rap yeah. at all is the most 90s thing that I think has ever occurred. Is it because there's no other song sung by a character? Yes, that's strange. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I guess, no, there is a, we just talked about the oil singing a song. But those are the and only the, two songs. Eat, you'll do, oh, you're and the Salamander. You know what? You're right. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I gave it a 10. I think he, dare I say he could have gone crazier, mm. but um, it still was an amazing job. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. And it, he made Maddie come to life. Uh, I also gave him a 10. Uh, yeah, he's he he brings Maddie to life, like you said. This is something I've been thinking about a bit. Robin Williams loves to slip into a black scent for comedic effect. And now, yes. was that par for the course in the 90s and considered acceptable, even though it shouldn't have been then either? Yes. And so... You know, man of his time, all of that. But I just, I can't unhear it sometimes when I'm just like, Robin, you don't have to go into your, like, black slang for a bit every time. But that that's only partially relevant here and not, it didn't actually bear that much on my scoring. It's just something I've been thinking about. Um, mm. This is something that but might yes, come up the rap in, is iconic. in Aladdin as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will. It might. Um, it will. Yeah, I gave an 11 just because his vast swaths of voices and personalities works great for this particular character who is mm-hmm. literally changing channels uh, every time his antenna is touched and he turns into a new <laughs> person. Uh, and also the one-liners in this, I will mm. still think, like, I remember people like in kindergarten saying the like, the taste just like chicken line that's so fu- that's so good or when yeah. he's like i have but one car but beware <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah stick with me forever Robin very Williams, extremely iconic he he informed so much of my childhood humor for sure very much yeah um uh, i uh was no i think fern gully was like a thing that my brother and i saw that nobody else did growing up like, I, it was not a common thing to have seen. Anyway, that was just a moment of Jeremy's self-reflection. That's all. <laughs> you know you know how VHSs just kind of float down the river and you know, you're not really don't sure they? how they like, arrive. <laughs> yes. Don't they? Don't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, tension and emotion. Jeremy? Uh, I, I gave a seven. Um... I, I think a part of it is sort of the limitedness of, like, we, you know, we've said is the is a side character. He's in all the right place, places at the right time to catch the people and fly them and drop them off to where they need to be. Yeah, he is um, used as a, a mobile device. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, I didn't... It, it didn't come through for me for Batty, and mm. I don't think it was supposed to, so I think it was still a success. But uh, I think any tension and emotion points sort of got put onto style for me here. Mm. Anyway, uh, I'm now rethinking all of my scores because I think it was all very affected by Aladdin. 
Mm. Well, that but, is unfair uh, I'll, because I'll stick it's with probably my seven. one of the best voicing performances of all time. So <laughs> true. Fair enough. Anyway, carry on, Sonia. Uh, I gave it a nine. Um, as a child, I was absolutely devastated when I thought Batty was dead. Um, and so you know that's that carries some weight. After all these years, I remembered those feelings. Um, mm. Also, this is so weird and a bit of an aside. Do you guys? Do you? Okay, <laughs> I'm like this is gonna sound so insane. I have specific mm-hmm. taste memories associated with this film. So, like, there's like the part with the slugs mm. that used to make me have a certain taste in my mouth as a child, and I remembered that taste watching this movie. Is wow. that synesthesia? <laughs> I guess yep. that's synesthesia. <laughs> I have never thought of that before, but I was like, uh, oh. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Anyway. Wow. So many nine. I gave it a nine. Power. <laughs> yes, a new power. <laughs> and I gave it a what? nine. What Sean, what did you give like? it? <laughs> um, it's, it's like sour and it's gross. Hmm. I honestly wow. can I can see that like with those berries. If there's like a few berries mm. that people mm-hmm. chow down on in, in this film, and to me, I was like, that looks incredible. I could never actually taste the berry, as in your case, but taste okay. the berry. Taste the berry. I gave t- pretension emotion. I gave an eight because, as you mm. said, the emotional moments are doled out to main characters and not mm-hmm. uh, the wacky sidekick. But of course, when Betty was crushed, you wept because. It's very sad. And then immense relief when he flies away. Okay. Last one. Style. Jeremy. Uh, I give it a 10. Um, You know, Robin's there. Could someone else have done this? Probably. Would it have been crazy, crazy different? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, And I, I, I wonder where the... Tim Curry's performance, I think, overshadows all for Jeremy in Fern Gully. Mm. Um, How could it? I not have really? no idea. I mean, it's true. I have no idea who any of the other cast are aside from the kind of three people we've already mentioned mm. with regards to it. Um, Christian Slater's in there. The- Is he really? Oh he's like God. he's like the redhead, the redhead fairy. Oh yeah. That's right. God, he keeps popping up for me. We'll maybe talk about that. Anyway, uh, I gave it a 10. Um, you know, I, he did a great job, but uh, it could have been intensified, I think. Kind of. Oh, I forgot it was my turn. <laughs> I'm just sitting here nodding. Um, I, gave it a, I gave it a 9. Um, mm. Which maybe is a bit low, because this is very Robin. Um, you know what, guys? I'm going to change it to a 10. Okay. Whoa. Amp it up. I gave it a 10. Because he, he the, it, I feel like it would be kind of a nothing character, honestly. Not nothing, but it just, it really no, wouldn't yeah. be the same. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, For it, for me, I gave a 13. Mostly because oh. it is in my opinion that a lot of this was ad-libbed. Because there's mm, some certainly. things that are just so inherently mm-hmm. Robin. Like yeah. when he's mm-hmm. talking about what humans do and he's like, they have Big butts, and they wear bad shorts, and they walk around. <laughs> bad say, Hi, shorts. Ellen. <laughs> Hi, Ellen. Like, That's uh, <laughs> such a good line. 
<laughs> like I'm there's no way a scriptwriter wrote that line. Yeah, that's um, so true. Or mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, it's just like so innately Robin's weirdness and instincts. And so in that way I for those reasons I gave a 13. That's very fair, Sean, honestly. Um, is there anything else to add besides that Toxic Love should replace Freedom 90 as the queer anthem of the decade? <laughs> no, that's, I, that really uh, covers it. Okay. I mean, I'll second that motion if that's yeah. what you're asking. Thank you. We have quorum. <laughs> it's passed. <laughs> Do we have Gaga on the Zoom? Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to a real turd of a film. Uh, it's called <laughs> Absolutely Anything. <laughs> Jeremy, can you explain to us what this is about? Uh, okay, so um, Absolutely Anything is a movie that came out in like 2015 or something like that. Uh, it looked and sounded pretty good. Uh, of course, it was Robin, well, one of Robin Williams's last films as he died as it was still being edited so before it came out um i am constantly questioning at which point that happened in the movie because there are Mm. holes that seem like the buddy character should fill that was played by so uh simon Pegg plays a man who gets power from aliens to do absolutely anything stick with me here um he is a school teacher Mm -hmm. so uh it yeah bad one a teacher? He's a teacher. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, but the the important note here is that his dog, uh, he gives the power to speak and think to, and his dog is played by Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I'm just going to get out in front of it. Uh, was it a bad choice for this selection? Probably. Mm-hmm. Did we know that it was going to be one? Maybe. Did we have limited options? Yes, I did. But... Wow. I, I supported you. In I it. did not it was, like that. Because I think it is lauded as Robin's last film. So I was like, I would yes. like to get some eyes and ears on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's disappointing that it's so bad. Did it take him 45 minutes to come in into an 85 minute movie? <laughs> yes, it did. It sure did. It did. It did. It did. <laughs> Which, like, I, it's, that scene must have, like, was supposed to happen earlier. There's no way it wasn't, right? I think you so I think you things... might be right. I think that could be responsible for why it's a little mm. choppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder if they had to rework some stuff just because all of the I can't remember the name of the weird abusive boyfriend that make no sense. Yeah. But all of that <laughs> the felt kind of shoehorned in. <laughs> yeah. So I wondered I wondered if they like did it after, right? Like they shot a movie, oh. they had to cut stuff out and insert him in to like fill it out. Cause it just doesn't make he's American, it makes no sense. Like it's just a mm. weird element. It doesn't matter. Um <laughs> I did laugh at Robin Williams a few times in this movie. Like, he had some good lines. But it just seemed, like, heavily edited and, like, toned down in a way that doesn't seem normal for him. Yeah. For me, it felt um, like Robin Williams was being held at gunpoint to do this. Yeah. Like to it, do this voice. Like, it's weird to me that Terry Jones wouldn't have said, like, okay, now go and be a silly dog. And we'll see well, what we can use. Well, I, I wonder if it was just like, oh, you know, we've got three weeks with him. I, it would never be that long. Uh, after, you know, 
two days he's not coming back because of his death situation. And now we only have this, so we have to deal with what we've got. But um, it just, yeah, it just seemed, it just seemed weird. Like not enough to be. But also in the a main in the same way. Yeah. A voice can easily be anyone. Like, if they wanted to, they could get a, another yeah. actor in the studio and bust out in a couple hours the entire yeah. film. So, just very strange. Anyway, yeah. um, we should yeah. start with characterization. Jeremy, um, how did you, do you believe he encapsulated Dennis the dog? N- not, no. There were times, like, like, my six points sort of were the few jokes that worked with Dennis. And, like, we all know the jokes that are coming, right? Like, there's, like, mm-hmm. he makes his dog talk, the girl's coming over, we all know what's happening, right? Like, like there's nothing, so the only thing that's going to, like, change what's happening is what the dog is going to say and do, and it just does normal dog things that they would normally do, like, in that instance of a bit. But, um, yeah, I just gave it a six because it wasn't, you know, it was wholly missing. Yeah. Holy. Mm-hmm. I gave it I gave it a 7 for the same reasons. And I mean <laughs> again this isn't Robin Williams fault but I wanted it to be a bit more heartwarming with Dennis. Like Yeah. I wanted it to be cuter that a dog could talk. I would like to believe mm-hmm. that if a dog could talk to me I would like what it had to say and I wouldn't immediately yeah. be like ugh. ugh. <laughs> yeah. And, very that. Um And those two don't seem like friends. Like yeah. they don't you know, like it just is like very after strange. a year in quarantine with my cat, we are closer than any two living beings. So okay. if she could talk, I mean, she would she would be really mean if she could talk. But they actually it would be so cuter than that. I I gave it a two, um, and <laughs> okay because wow. throughout this film, they like the first forty five minutes, they have multiple char- characters talk about how much he loves his dog, how much they're obsessed with each other. And, like, what they could get up to if the dog could communicate with him. And then when he does, it's the most toxic relationship ever. All Simon does is yell at him. And Robin just, Mm -hmm. like, sort of whimpers and, like, cries. And then yells the B word a lot because it also (laughs) could be a dog. It was was really... I could not get a handle on anything that was going on. Um, Besides, like, yeah, he has little impulse control because he's a dog. Uh, he tries mm-hmm. to save Neil's life because he loves him, even though Neil's rude to him. Yeah, yeah. It yep. was, it was. He does eventually save the day. Yeah, which again felt like they didn't set it up enough, mm. right? Like, like just all these things. Anyway, all right. Yeah, voice or do we? Have, yeah, we can do. We can do this. Voice, yeah. Jeremy. Uh, I gave it a nine. Uh, I think he's like successfully doing things. You know, like, like jokes are working. He sounds like a dog. Mm-hmm. He does sound like he's held at gunpoint. Like, that's a very good description <laughs> yeah, of what this performance sounds like. Um, a few of his, like, Robinisms made me laugh. Like, like actually out loud, I thought were very funny. Those were the only times I did laugh. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a nine. That's probably the most successful thing of this performance. Sonia? Mm. I would say. Yeah, I gave it an eight, which honestly is probably too high. But he was doing a dog thing. He was like, Master. Like, it was like, a, <laughs> I don't know. I, didn't, I did not do it well there. But, but he was like making dog choices, you know, with the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much anyway. dog choices. 
<laughs> yeah. And he had a good bark. Yeah. When bark. he barked, it yeah, was solid. That was yeah. not his bark. <laughs> well, when he was like talking and then barking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still don't know. Um, anyways, <laughs> I gave I gave a four. He has technically given this dog a voice. But yeah, he's I'm he's under duress. Uh, it was this is you know what? You gotta be careful of every role you choose because what if you die and that's the last mm. one you get? Yeah, like that's the thing, it's so sad. And also sorry to it's Terry true. Jones because you died last year and now we're Hi, your movie. I mean pooping on mm-hmm. your movie. But Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it was really bad. Um, well, speaking sorry. of poop, there is a moment where Simon Pegg wishes that the dog mess would just clean itself up, and then these two little poos get up and strut their stuff towards the toilet and hop into it. And this is a real scene from the film. It was I I was so alarmed. Anyway, will <laughs> that sort of set up for me what the rest of the movie would be like? <laughs> yeah, very much, very much a walking turn. Um, okay, uh, we'll get back to this opus, uh, after the break, um, but first we need to hear a word from our sponsors, uh, we'll be back on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we're back on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, we'll be talking more Robin Williams, but first let's play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! Woof, 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 woof! Oh, Robin, is that you? Interesting choices. Uh, For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, like, a long time this week (laughs) looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. And we all have a great time. You guys, are you ready to play this week's The Game? I am ready. (laughs) This week's title is, of course... The Timekeeper. The Timekeeper. That that title again. The Timekeeper. The Timekeeper. Okay. I always make Sean go first, so this week I'm going to go first. Here we go. I'm going to take that. I think The Timekeeper is about a giant... I mean, it's animated, obviously, because it's it's a voiceover film to fit with our theme. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Robin plays a giant turtle who lives underground who is um, a deity who, you know when you say, like, I lost track of time, or you're like, oh, I just lost that half hour. I don't know what happened. When Mm -hmm. you do that, the giant turtle, who's called the timekeeper, he takes that time and he keeps it because actually time is a finite resource, and so he Mm -hmm. has to try and gather up all the extra time so that time can keep going. And wow. something happens, and there's a conflict, and then uh, someone has to go on a journey to fix something, uh-huh. and then time is restored. Nice. Okay. okay. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So okay. Um, okay. I believe that the world of timekeeping is kind of like the trolls universe, in that each rep each piece of time is represented by a group of people. There's like. The stepwatch people, the egg timer people, the grandfather <laughs> clock people, and they all—they're responsible for keeping the making the time run in that in that specific area. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, a new a new sort of egg timer person, new to the job, really messes up and throws time all out of whack. And so then they all 
a person from each faction all they get together like a, a band like a lord of the Rings style and they oh, okay. all have to travel yeah they have to travel uh with the fellowship and restore time mm. wow and there's yeah, like a digital person and that they're like young and like they're like a gen z they're rude <laughs> you know. they have a beeper they have a okay beeper. wow <laughs> like a really cool kid <laughs> uh thank you thank you both um uh you're uh, both nowhere near correct uh, mm. in every way, shape, or form, but that's okay, because uh, not only was this one tricky, but those were really great ideas, and I mm. appreciate them a lot. Um, I would like to see both of those come to place. Uh, you guys, the Timekeeper was a 1992 Circle Vision 360-degree film that was presented at three Disney parks. Um, it was uh, It was this thing. They had a camera that was nine cameras. That would record 360 degrees around, and then they would project 360 degrees around. And I'm just going to play a, a little screen share Very for cuckoo. you guys to see. Anyway, Robin voiced an animatronic version of the Timekeeper, who was this guy in front That's of really people scary. who would like... Yeah, um, it kind of looks like a robot, Rob Williams, and uh, he has this banter with this little robot and this dinosaurs, yeah. as you guys can clearly see. <laughs> um... Anyway, uh, it, of course, like all things at Disney, is now closed down <laughs> because uh, it things don't, you know, don't last for, like, more than 10 years. Uh, it has, of course, been replaced by uh, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So uh, oh, the, only way, the only way to see it is on YouTube now from <laughs> footage from back in the day. Um, but, Does YouTube uh, yeah, play Rob- Circle Film very easily or no? <laughs> yeah. Can you get a plug-in for uh, that? It- it does when it's just a guy sort of looking around with a handheld video camera. <laughs> Some scammer uh, to, got, got there in there. Go. Well, uh, thank you, Jeremy. So yeah, oh, uh, it's pretty fun. Check it out. No, it's just, uh, it's it's actually pretty crazy. It's a good Robin Williams joint, if I do mm-hmm. say so. So check it out. Anything where he's, a, like a, <laughs> where he's a robot <laughs> is apparently creepy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go. Let's get back to... Uh, this gem of a film, absolutely yeah. anything. Um, mm-hmm. Every let's get into tension and emotion. Jeremy, what did you give uh, for that? I gave it a five because I felt that the performance actually removed tension and emotion <laughs> from the film. <laughs> you are uh, correct, and and the ending just totally came out of nowhere. I get it; like I understand what they were going for. Um, I do think that dogs are the best people, hmm. but you gotta, you gotta build it up. Like, you can't just say it and have it be that way. Like, you know, it's just, Robin the last literally 10 minutes was like, of this movie. I never, I never have selfish thoughts. Why don't you just give me the power? Okay. <laughs> it's just, yeah. End okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to show that off screen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it'd be fine. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I gave it a five. I also gave it a five. Um, because I did get pretty upset when the colonel was threatening to shoot the dog. Now, does that have literally anything to do with Robin's performance? No, it does not. But he had to get points somewhere. You gotta get the points. Yeah, I gave a three. Um, he just literally had nothing to work with. Like, zero yeah. things. Um, mm-hmm. technically, when he jumped in to save his master from dying, from drowning... I was like, maybe, maybe mm. I felt a, a swelling of something, but could have been oh, indigestion as well. 
Just the concept um, of dogs makes me feel something, so. <laughs> Just the concept dogs of general. dogs. Yeah. Jeremy, okay. what do you think? What do you get for style? Could anyone uh, have gave pulled a, this roll off? Yeah, I, I gave it a six. I think he brought some of his Robin-ness, as I've described, to this. But, um, like, this could have easily been, you know, a John Lithgow. Mm. Uh, oh, that would be uh, John Lithgow. Yeah, that you know, any any anyone any older man with an animated voice could have done this, <laughs> and maybe and a British equally person. or better. It was oh, probably yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, even Sean Connery would have brought something different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I just said it, and it seems wrong, but maybe it would have worked. I don't know. Master. Anyway. Um, that was my really good Sean Connery, guys. All these impressions that Robin does are rubbing off on me. Um, I also gave it a six because I think it might have been worse, which is saying something, if it was someone else. But yeah, he just didn't, he didn't, they didn't give him a chance. No. No. Yeah, something happened. Something was not correct. Like, yeah, uh, a contract sort of forcing is what I something is going happening. Um style, I give it to literally oh, anyone which... could have performed this role. <laughs> it could have been anyone. Um yeah. I hope he was paid well. That's what I wish. Um yeah. I just want to say that I felt so uncomfortable during this film at so many times. And one of them was when Kate Beckinsale who is giving a terrible performance but she again she's not given much to work with. She is having a girls' night with her friend, and something about mm. that scene was the most awkward scene I've ever seen on television. It's just them <laughs> drinking wine and, like, kind of looking at each other. But, like, I didn't know if they were going to kiss or fight. Like, I had, I did not know any relationship that was happening <laughs> between them. It was also and so the, weird how she was like, just go shag the guy upstairs. And then she and did. like, you know what? I will. I'm leaving you right now. I'm going upstairs. It was absurd. It's crazy. And of course, I've talked about the talking, the walking poop. Anyway, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible, horrible mm-hmm. film. Um, maybe you should watch it. <laughs> but let's move on to our third one. Uh, Sanu, shall you introduce your pick? I shall. Uh, I was selfish and I, I staked my claim on, you know, the, the golden goose this week. I'm going to be honest, guys. I, I went for it. Um, I think so. Now, it is a racist goose, so I should say that uh, just as a premise. Um, I picked Aladdin. 1992's Aladdin. Um, You've got digital brown face. You've got, you know, all kinds of cultural mishmash that you're just like, have you, could you have done any research? But all of that aside, we are focused on Robin, and Robin plays the genie, and it is truly, like, Possibly the most iconic voice performance of all time. Like, just speaking of, like, defining my childhood humor. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that's true and that most of the impressions and references he makes are from, like, the 1950s. (laughs) To, like, 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 they, I feel like so many of the references were dated by the time the movie came out. But still, I was, I was cackling at that Peter Laurie impression as a child. I didn't know who Peter Laurie was. Um, 
So You're yeah, not, uh, a kid isn't cracking up at a Bob Hope impression. Yeah, or William F. Buckley. Like, <laughs> even is that? Um, but so yeah, so so Robin plays the genie. He's the one who who saves Aladdin from all the scrapes. And there's this kind of beautiful through line where um, Aladdin promises to set him free at the end of the movie, or like he that he will set him free with his final wish. And then, you know, there's there's some conflict about that. And then finally, at the end, he is free. And it is just, it's so nice. And yeah, it's, I love this. I, I love this movie despite its many problems, but I mostly mm-hmm. love it for Robin. Uh, I, I think that's most people. I mean, they, uh, I, I don't know if this is true, but I, they recorded all the genie's parts. And then they went back because, like, he changed so much of it that they had to change the rest of the tone to fit yeah. everything else, which is incredible. Like I, you know, to have somebody come in and affect the entire production that much says, you know, something about Robin Williams and his evident throughout. Mm-hmm. But I read, yeah, I read that he unusually for this, you know, for this type of film, ad libbed pretty much everything. Like they told yeah. him. Like, in this scene, you're going to have to save him from the water or whatever. And he just kind of did his thing. And Mm -hmm. it is kind of a beautiful... I think that this film is such lightning in a bottle because it did... Mm. It had that trust of their character, of their voice, and then just, like, the material. And it honestly just, like, exploded into something so perfect. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. I honestly might be one of the best voice performances of all time. Um, and as we've seen him do two other voicing this week, it's not because it's just his magic because (laughs) he's obviously had some stankers, but it is just like (laughs) a lot of, a perfect storm of things confluencing together. Mm -hmm. It's really great. Anyway. Yeah. What do we give for characterization of the genie? Jeremy? Uh, I, I gave him a 13. Um, you know, as we've said, he sort of you know, gave a performance that was of such a level that they had to change their plans of what they were doing. Because a lot of the stuff, like, you can tell that the animators are animating to the actors, right? Like, the, is like, I don't know, there's tons of things. Like, he'll say something and turn into that character. Yeah. And then they did this really great thing where the genie's the only one who can do it because he's the genie. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense within everything. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just great. And he's this, like, pillar of animated perfection. Like, like so, you know, it, there's, there's, he's the perfect example. Yeah. Uh, I gave a 12 because, you know, I couldn't quite give full points because there's, there's not a ton of, like, nuance to the genie's character in terms mm-hmm. of characterization. But yep. what he does do is, like, he really like he he really makes the world of that movie so rich. Like it, it's mm-hmm. just everything. So yeah, twelve. Yeah, I also gave a twelve because yeah, technically his only motivation is like he wants to be free. Uh, he wants yeah. someone to set him free um, and live live his life. But he is just so like brimming with like positivity and energy and like. He just, like, you know that when the genie's on screen, he's going to, like, he just, like, is overflowing with this spirit, and it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, what about voice? Uh, so, I gave it a 13, 
And I think that that's the accurate number. Because I watching it again, I've so for total clarity, I've probably watched this movie once every two weeks for the past two years. <laughs> oh, uh, your Fortnite viewing. Ju- yeah, so just so we just so we all know what's happening. Um when he gives the line of uh like it's like Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. If he can't do it, great. Yeah. Um, it's super funny and it's super fun and it like expands the context of everything. But it is just like it, it's Robin, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's they they made him look like Robin. He sounds like Robin. That like you got Robin, not Genie. Does that make sense? Like that's the yeah. So I took a couple points off just because I don't know if you can separate the man from the character. Mm. Well, I also gave thirteen. They're, they're oh, sorry, go woven ahead. together. Yeah, yeah, like that's the yeah. thing. I feel like Genie kind of is Robin, yeah, or like exactly, the happiest right? version of Robin. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, let's not get into that, actually. Too sad. <laughs> I instantly regretted that thought and was like, I don't want to think about it. I want to think of Robin as this happy all the time. Oh, yeah, my mm-hmm. heart's sad now. Anyway, I gave it a 13 um, because, uh, yeah, it's just so – and so many, like, choices that are just truly mm-hmm. iconic. Like, the impressions, I mean – and there are, like, outtakes that you can watch on YouTube where, like, he just did Brando and, like, just – and all of these different random impressions. And, um, yeah, it's it's iconic. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him a 15 for boys mm. um, because he does about – I think I read 52 impressions. He mm-hmm. plays that man at the beginning also. He oh, yeah. sings. He sings very well. It's like the blueprint of putting in effort and like mm. yourself. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Absolutely. What do you get for tension uh, and emotion? I I give it a, I gave it a ten. Uh, I think it's because I'm completely numb to the whole situation at this point. <laughs> um, I don't I don't think I remember watching it and like thinking it was kind of silly. That like like I was just like they have a genie they're gonna get out of this even when I was a kid like that was my mm. my attitude so I I never really felt the you know like like you know I never really felt it there is this really great hopelessness when Jafar gets the lamp um oh. which I think is probably one of the most compelling parts of the whole you know where like he just says like I'm sorry this is not how it works right like he's sad and he doesn't want to do it but it was his master's wish so he's got to do it um. It you know it's a kids movie they can't take it all the way I get it but uh, yeah it's a solid ten mm. yeah I also gave a ten um ugh, that moment when Genie is like prepared to uh, turn Aladdin back into a prince at the end so he can be with Jasmine and mm-hmm. he's like resigned but he's doing it for his bud that one still gets me that one it mm. still got me but that one has. yeah right. Oh, and it's, but I mean, in the feels in for in the context of the film, like there's kind of only so much tension and emotion that can. Yeah. Yeah. I gave a 12 um, because like the scene where he's disappointed by Aladdin when Aladdin's like, I'm not going to set you free, bro. And Genie's like his pendulum swings like so hard to sadness. It's very, Mm -hmm. it's very sad. And then when he's like, does the like, I'm free at the end, Mm -hmm. it really like soars out the screen. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And our last I'm one, history. Style. No, oh, I'm sorry. mythology. 
Uh, for style, I gave him a 15. Because I think this is, I think, you know, I, I think there are a few performances that are wholly Robin Williams. And if anyone says who's Robin Williams, you can point to a few movies and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And it would be so different to have anyone else making those choices. It would it would be a totally different product. Yeah. Same. Um, I had it lower and I actually moved it up to a 15 <laughs> as soon as we started talking about this movie. Because I was like, nah. He makes the movie. Like, it truly mm-hmm. would not be the same without him at all. Yep. I also gave a 15 because literally Aww. no one else could have done this. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> as I was saying earlier, yeah, just like it was lightning in a bottle. It is like a perfect uh, storm of things and that simple voice acting can't make. And it was great. And I loved rewatching mm-hmm. this, even with a lot of aki waggy things. <laughs> um, yeah, like it really is. <laughs> yeah. It's a conversation starter. That's what I've been calling them now. <laughs> and actually, Dis- Disney Plus, actually, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw this, but it has mm-hmm. like a, a little screen before that's just like, uh, we don't think like this anymore, but this is a little moment of time. Mm-hmm. I was and literally just, like, uh, how many lawyers were in the room when they came up with this? Like, it's so I carefully imagine them written. Forging, forging every letter from Stone. It's just like... Yeah. Uh, uh, the, I think it was the Warner Brothers did it first um, mm. because they they have a ton of old cartoons that came out to DVD that are like um, they definitely have the best statement. Uh, it's big, it's really long, mm. um, but you guys should check it out because it is kind of like we're drawing a line in the sand in terms of what we think is acceptable and not acceptable. We know that this isn't, but to like hide it would say that yeah. we can't learn that lesson. And uh, I I think like that's a really good way to approach this problem because it really is a thing that. But I mean, if 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 my kid can be aware of what is happening, yeah. I think we're hopefully, you know, ahead. And then when she goes to create something, she'll be aware of that, and then we don't have to have these problems anymore. Um, but uh, you know, it would be really freaky if they tried to like change things or. Oh yeah, yeah. You and know, it would like, just go badly. Um, mm-hmm. Also, yeah. there is a. I was reading that Robin got kind of screwed by Disney for this film because he just got paid like scale rate for voice acting and oh. did not collect anything for merchandising or anything like that, which was oh, that's huge. And that's rough. And was really mad, angry at Disney for a while, but they. As you should, sent, King. They made it mm-hmm. up. They made it up to him. But. Be better. They actually okay. they gave genie stuff him, was everywhere in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. What? Sorry, Sean. Uh, what were you saying? I said Disney gifted him a Picasso, uh, like <laughs> a couple million dollar Picasso, and he was like, "I don't want this <laughs> painting." Um, but I they have since made it up to him. But I thought that was a very mm. funny way to to try to That's win hilarious. back his favor. That's, uh, that you, is, you guys. Uh, it cost twenty eight million dollars to make this movie, which is hand drawn, which is crazy. Uh, and it box office, so just box office was five hundred and four million dollars. Um, and I can't imagine how much more money it's made since then because oh, it yeah. must have been yeah, that was like crazy. peak of merchandising. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what a great episode of voicing. I presume, <laughs> I feel like I know who won, but yeah. we should check in it's... with our, our, our timekeeper, our uh, t- tabulator. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty staggering, you guys, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, when, I, when I scrolled over from the Aladdin score to the lowest score, mm-hmm. it, it shook me a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. In third place with 63 points. <laughs> a now, record low. These Now, yeah, these this category is lower than any previous category because we eliminated physicality for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, but that is spectacularly low. Sean just cracked double digits with 11 <laughs> overall points. Absolutely anything comes in third. <laughs> then in second, almost twice the, the amount of points, 116. We have Fern Gully. And in first place, with almost three times the number of points, 155, we have Aladdin. Rightfully so. We kind of knew that would happen, but... Yeah. That is, no one's surprised. Seeing the numbers it's side a di- by side. It's a diamond really in the rough. It was a diamond <laughs> in the rough. All right. And then next wow. week, we return for our wild card episode Mm -hmm. in which we choose a film of his that we haven't seen and i'm excited for that yeah it's gonna be great yeah i'm excited to find out what you guys picked and for you to help me pick which one i want to do um a little behind the curtains action for their listeners a peek (laughs) at the wizard behind the curtain um (laughs) i'd like to thank saskatoon's gary's for letting us use their song manatuna for our theme song Thanks to everyone at CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show is broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow. And why don't you just have a great night? Bye. See ya. Bye.